my father was dying. We had moved and we were in a huge financial predicament. I had recently stopped working, stepped into the realm of motherhood and was completely overwhelmed and not sure being a stay-at-home mom was really what I was good at. There were just a lot of things that were crashing around me. We had moved. I didn't have any friends. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. You're in for a real treat. I have Erica Wickenhorn on the call with me today. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Or if you're just listening on audio, wherever you listen to podcasts, thank you so much. Let me tell you about Erica. She is the founder of Every Life Ministries, bringing the truths of scripture to transform lives with an unexpected revival. And this is the book that I'm holding in my hand right now. It's called An Unexpected Revival. Being her fifth release from Moody Publishers, she also serves on the writing team for Proverbs 31 Ministries, First Five Teaching App. She teaches in various local and national venues and serves on the women's ministry leadership team for her church. She's also taught women in the Arizona State prison system and overseas. Erica loves to bring God's word through Bible teaching, conferences, seminars, and retreats. A graduate of Azusa Pacific University, Erica lives in Phoenix with her husband, Jonathan, and their two children, Eliana and Nathan. And it's Eliana. Some of you will know Asbury University. Eliana is attending Asbury. Is it okay that I share that? It's just so cool for my listeners. What a great connection. Yeah. And anyway, welcome, Erica, to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. It's it's good to be in Kentucky for a minute and feel close to my daughter. I miss her. She just started back at Asbury. And so it's fun to be here. Oh, I was telling Erica before we started recording that I used to teach at Asbury. I taught there for, I think, maybe four years and just what a wonderful college campus. Oh, I I miss going there. It was so vibrant. The foreign language program was so exciting there as well. So she's in good hands. I know that for sure. And we'll we'll just pray blessings over her ministry, over her experience there at, at Asbury and her studies. But what I have in my hand, the book, An Unexpected revival, which is mainly what we're going to chat about today. It's an eight-week Bible study on Ezekiel. The subtitle is Experiencing God's Goodness Through Disappointment and Doubt. And so one of the questions that I have, which is really answered in the book, but if you don't mind sharing with the listeners and the viewers, Erica, is why Ezekiel? (laughs) Right? Like who has actually studied the book of Ezekiel, right? I say it's it's kind of like stepping into the middle of a science fiction movie and trying to figure out what's going on, right? It's just all these crazy visions and stories and you're like, what is happening here? Um, So it's actually um, a little bit of a crazy story, to be honest, Victoria. I... um, I was sitting in church one day and um, 
I had been studying the book of Ezekiel, but how God led me to that point was I was in a very dark time in my life. A lot of things were uh, not going the way that I had planned them to go. I was full of disappointment. Let's put it that way. And I had grown up with a theology that taught me that if I was a good Christian girl and I checked all the boxes and I did everything right, that was going to mean that God would bless me. Mm. And I was in a season where, um, my father was dying. We had moved and we were in a huge financial predicament. I had recently stopped working, stepped into the realm of motherhood and was completely overwhelmed and not sure being a stay-at-home mom was really what I was good at. There were just a lot of things that were crashing around me. We had moved. I didn't have any friends. I began to cry out to the Lord because I was like, I feel like I'm checking all the boxes. I feel like I'm trying to be a good wife and a good mom. And, and, you know, I'm going to Bible study every Tuesday and I'm going to church on Sunday and I'm trying to, you know, volunteer and, but life is not good. It brought me to a little bit of a crisis of my faith. Um, actually, I don't want to say that. I want to say a crisis of faith, but it brought me to a crisis of theology. I cried out to God and I said, does it grieve your heart that we do all of these things just so that you'll bless us, but not because we actually really want to know you as our creator and as our father. And in that moment, I sensed God say to me, study the book of Ezekiel. Now, I don't know about you, Victoria, but I don't have a lot of these clear cut moments in my life where I sense in my heart that I have you know, heard something um, internally in prayer that God has told me so specifically to do. I can count the times on one hand that I've experienced that. And so I kind of brushed it off because in all honesty, I was crazy busy and um, didn't really have a whole lot of time to explore and take on something else, but God wouldn't let it go. To the point where I just kept hearing Ezekiel everywhere I turned. Uh, you know, we went to the grocery store. My son throws this huge whopping tantrum in the front of the buggy. We hit the end cap of the aisle and literally a dozen loaves of Ezekiel bread fall on top of me, right? So I was like, okay, right. I've never even read this book of the Bible, but I'll go home and I'll take a look at it. So I went home, I opened up my Bible and uh, it was my study Bible. And at the beginning, it literally jumped off the page at me because it said God's heart was grieved because his people only wanted his blessings, but they didn't want him. And I knew in that moment that, no, I wasn't a figment of my imagination. God had spoken and I began studying the book of Ezekiel. And through the book of Ezekiel, I realized that, man, probably more than the gospels where we talk about God himself clothed in human flesh, dying for us, shedding his blood for us. Uh, there is no other section of scripture that so beautifully portrays the desire of God to be close to his people than this prophetic book. And it brought revival to my life. Mm, 
I love that story. I loved reading about it. And I even laughed about the whole Ezekiel bread and how it seems like Ezekiel was just coming out of the woodwork everywhere you turned out was so curious and how God works in such mysterious ways sometimes and so overtly. It's just really interesting how that how that came about. And I I was also, as I was reading through your book, Erica, I was captivated by how you did such an amazing job actually applying the scripture, the life of Ezekiel, the historical events that were happening. You made application in a personal way to 21st century Christians. And that is one of the passions that I have for this podcast. It's kind of to uncover what does it really mean to be a 21st century Christian. That, you know, our whole ministry at Every Life exists to um, bring the scripture to transform your life, right? And I think as 21st century Christians, uh, we live in a culture where information is everything. We are an information-driven culture. And we live under this guise that if we have the right information, we can do anything. Um, And we apply that cultural lens to our time in God's word. And so we will go to Bible study, to church, to a class. um, and, And the thought behind it is, is I'm going for information. I need to learn God's word. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, we do need to learn God's word, but the primary purpose of God's word is not information. It's transformation. Transformation. It's to change us from the inside out. It's to allow the Holy Spirit to become the loudest voice in our lives rather than all of the noise of the world. And so I think the trap that we fall into as 21st century Christians, Victoria, is that we approach that cultural mindset when it comes to our relationship with God. Uh, God does not want to spend time with us um, just so he can give us information. He wants to spend time with us because he wants to bring transformation. He wants to bring us victory from faulty thinking. He wants to expose lies that we believe. He wants to show us where we have a faulty perception of who we are. Uh, He wants to uncover uh, things that have been spoken over us in the past that we have allowed to take root into our heart and mind, and they're dictating our choices and our emotions now. Um, so we've got to transform our mindset of how we view our relationship with God. You know, if, if we're a parent um, or even for a child, so literally everyone can, can get this if you have a parent, you know, Parents don't long to spend time with their children just because they have a bunch of information they want to give them, right? Mm. They want to spend time with them because they want intimacy and relationship, right? They want to connect with them. Um, They want to remind them and and show them how much they love them and that they are loved. Um, it's, It's intimacy, it's community, it's relationship. That is how we need to think about our time in God's word, our time in church, our time in Bible study. Um, 
not like an alternative to searching something on Google. I'm now going to search in this book and get information. Mm, that's really good, Erica. And I hear you saying a little bit like, let's focus on the privileges that we have being Christians, not just the obli obligation side of things, quote, obligation, the relationship, not religion aspects of all of that. And what you also said about parent-child is made me think of pickleball. My husband and I play pickleball, and he is a far superior player than I am, and he has a lot that he can teach me. We just played something called skinny singles last night. We were playing, and let me tell you, it was just so much fun. It was fun because we were laughing and sometimes I would get a really good shot in on him and he would be like, whoa, what is that? And in other words, he wasn't just always instructing me and saying, oh, Victoria, hold your paddle at eight at 11 o'clock, you know, like this on those heavy hitters that are coming after you or Victoria, you need to back up off the baseline or come quicker to the to the kitchen line or he could have done that. And sometimes he does that. And I need that from him because I value his expertise. So sometimes, yes, we need to know who got it. We do need to know the word, like you said, because it, it helps us. We need that base, but yet it was also so uh, just encouraging and edifying and fun and relational just to play pickleball and laugh and have fun because I got to spend time with him. He could have been at home working on a project or he could have been working late at the office or I could have said, no, I need to run over here and help so-and-so or a thousand and one things. But instead we took time just to enjoy each other. And that kind of reminded me of that because it wasn't all instructional. It was relational and, and I was fed and I was fed by his presence and he even, I mean, we could keep going with the analogy, but let, I don't want to digress too much on that. But I, I love the picture it, in my Christian journey. It has, has helped so much to picture me as a parent and how I would treat my children and God as a parent and how he treats me. That whole concept, the parent child thing has really helped me. So I'm so glad that you, that you brought that up. And I'm going in no order here other than the way I've got my sticky notes in on your book called An Unexpected Revival, which I also like the fact that you bring revival to modern day, revival in a personal way. That was another thing I remember as I was reading through it, we can think of revival like those big revivals in church history and those things come to mind, but yet, okay, God also breathes life into dead bones like Ezekiel. And he can do that on a very personal and intimate level as well. I'm looking now, I've skipped to page 135 and you're talking about sour sayings. What are some of the sour sayings you may have heard while you were growing up? And again, sometimes I say, self-limiting thoughts, but I prefer to say God-limiting thoughts because sometimes we, yeah, we may be limiting ourselves, but really are we limiting God as well? But what you're speaking about here is talking about things that were spoken over us, maybe as kids or generational type issues or sins. And some of the thoughts that you pinned on this section were, I come from a family of yellers. So of course I'm a yeller, for example. My parents used to comfort me with food. So of course I'm gonna to go to the bag. Of, I'm adding in now a little bit like, okay, I'm gonna to go to the bag of Doritos. What do you expect? 
Um, my mom used to keep things from my dad just to keep the peace. What happens in this house stays in this house. Or here's one just like that. We don't air our dirty laundry. Sometimes you hear that. Um, you'd better stop that crying before I give you something to cry about. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What shame you will bring upon this family. Man, that's a big one to unpack right there. And you will never amount to hill of beans. That's what we say in Kentucky. So, you know, all of those sour sayings that may have been spoken over us, we learned as a kid, we kind of have to step out from under those. And how do we really go about shifting from, from those types of mindsets, those types of thoughts, those caustic words or toxic words that were spoken over us. How do we step out of that, Erica? One of the things that, that I often say, uh, and we talk about this obviously in an unexpected revival, as you just read um, several excerpts from it there, but um, only God knows the real us because he created us. Everyone else has a perception of us. Only God has a completely accurate view of who we are. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so if we're not spending time in his word, hearing how God describes us as his chosen children, beloved, adopted, uh, knit together on purpose for a purpose, um, mm -hmm. redeemed, spotless, beautiful, apple of his eye. You know, we need to be reminded of these things because the world is always going to speak sourly over us. And even when the world gives us those, you got this girl and, you know, you're amazing. Um, there's always someone, if we just glance a little bit sideways, Victoria, there's always someone who's a little more amazing or doing a little more than we are. Um, we have got to get in our daddy's lap. We have got to curl up in our daddy's lap and be reminded that um, we're not a mistake. We're not a failure. You know, my daughter uh, recently, you know, she recently graduated from high school and she had to come up with a, um, with a saying like a, for her senior night. And she came up with this marvelous saying and she said, um, there is no failure. You either win or you learn. And I just thought that was so marvelous. I said, where, you know, when did you come up with this? Because I really would have loved to put it in my unexpected revival book. That's right. Now, um, yeah, I'm going to steal it for pickleball, by the way, because we do right? winners and losers. We're like, hey, you're a loser. Sorry, you lost. But hey, yeah, that's um, great. But it's so true. And and the world in the world's eyes, there always has to be a winner. And that means everybody else is a loser. But to have that understanding of, you know what, when things don't go my way, when um, I am not measuring up to the expectations that I put on myself, or I'm not meeting someone else's expectations, um, or maybe I feel like I'm disappointing God, I'm not a failure. I'm learning. I'm in the process of learning. And that's the beautiful thing about what God continues to talk to his people about over and over in the book of Ezekiel. And we talk about it 
constantly in an unexpected revival is that God is transforming us. He is reviving us. He is bringing this dead sin soaked flesh back to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's something only he can do. It's not something that you and I, Victoria, are going to wake up in the morning and we're going to take a good hard look in the mirror and we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and we're going to go, today I'm going to be a great wife and I'm going to be a great mom and I'm never going to lose my temper with my kids and I'm only going to speak kindly to them and I'm not going to nag and and I'm going to be a good employee and my house is going to be clean finally and I'm going to oh and I'm going to clean that closet out I've been you know it doesn't work like that and that's not what God is after he's not after our performance after our heart Mm, so good, Erica. And I think what you just said, all of those today, I'm going to, oh my goodness, I did that for years and I was very much performance-based. And even as I was, I just, after, I guess, almost 20 years of being a single mom of four, I've just recently remarried. And I know my, my husband was, are you going to rate me? Are you going to, you know, like, like grade me? Because I, I like to do these scales of one to 10. And like, sometimes that's just helpful for me to know, like, how upsetting is that to you? Is it from one to 10? And if he says a two, then I'm like, oh, phew, okay, then I'm not worrying about that. And I do that with my kids all the time. I mean, I've, I've just always done that, but that is somewhat in some ways it's this, can I be an A plus mom and rats? I, I really goofed here. So I, I'm, you know, I even stopped. I remember there was a point when I was striving so much that I said, forget the A mom. I'm going to go for B plus because I couldn't get the A. I felt like I could never measure up to the A. You know, my best intentions, because you never can expect what your kids might do. You never, you can't have the bandwidth for all these unexpected scenarios and you know you know how you were raised and maybe think oh i want to do something different from how my parents did it and i want to do these things that my parents did because that was so you know a positive thing and you kind of look at it like that but then there's this whole other area that you're just not ready for and and but anyway i'm always just doing that striving and not really thriving and even even I was striving to figure out how to take thoughts captive. When my mentor challenged me to do that after I came through a depression in 2016, by golly, I was, I'm going to do this. And then I heard Tim Keller, one of my favorite pastors say that something that kind of released that vow for me. And it was that, yes, you are 100% responsible for your choices in the day and how you're navigating your life and and do I go left or right? Yes, but God is also 100% responsible for the transformative healing work that he does in your life. So it was that ironic kind of, yes, I have responsibility, but daggone it, I can't forget that God is really master of ceremonies here. And he does the work. I can't, if I'm an apple tree, I'm not striving to bear apples. They're a natural production of my being rooted in, you know, the proper soil and environment and so forth. So anyway, so many analogies there. And you know what, I, we've just scratched the surface of this work that you've done, Erica. And again, I want to say it's an unexpected revival. 
we're going to put all the, the, the links to the book and your website in the show notes and the YouTube description of the video. But tell everyone as we close out here where they might contact you. I would really encourage them to, to go to my website, ericawigginhorn.com. I've got some free resources on there. There's actually three free eBooks that they can download in, in a bundle. And one of them is it's a devotional eBook and it's 50 days to uh, intimacy with God. So we talked a lot about intimacy with God here today, Victoria, and maybe somebody's out there is like, I just don't feel that intimacy with God. I feel like I'm just checking the boxes and going through the motions. Um, go grab that, that devotional, um, another free ebook on there. And that bundle is the busy woman's guide to praying for friends and family. Um, maybe there's uh, somebody out there saying, you know, I, I try to talk to God. I try to be intimate with God, but just feels very robotic. And, um, you know, if you'd like some fresh ideas for your prayer life, that's part of that bundle as well. So um, I'd love for, for women uh, to connect with me there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram just about every day. It's just my name, Erica Wiggenhorn. Um, but I would really, I really want to encourage anyone out there listening. If you're not regularly in the word or you struggle to be in the word, which I get, that was my story for so many years, Victoria, and really became the catalyst uh, to me wanting to write Bible studies is helping people get in the word, stay in the word, understand it, apply it, um, doing all the background work and kind of giving them that secret decoder ring of, you know what, this is what this means and this is how we apply it to our lives today. Um, so it's not so mysterious, if you will, um, get in a study. Um, even if you grab just one friend and say, hey, do you want to go through this book with me? And you can go through it as quickly or take as much time as you need. I know I have several groups that instead of um, doing one week of the study in one week, they do it in two weeks um, because life is just so crazy. But grab community and get into a study because it will help keep you on track it will help grow your relationship with god and it it will transform your life that is the whole purpose of this book is to transform your life yeah amen amen thank you so much so much erica we appreciate your time here today thank you It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.